You can now take KRBN Internet News Talk Radio with you on your mobile phone as we are making it easier to listen to the great hosts here on KRBN, including our very own West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. It's free and available on Google Play. Just look for player.fm. That's player.fm and search for KRBN. Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bose No Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. And now, here's Jay. And good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of the Bose Nose Show. And I'm your host, West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich, and we're coming to you live from beautiful downtown Elmira, Oregon, where we are truly doing amateur radio today because Jay is flying on his own today without Robin, and uh, hopefully uh, we are going to get to be on Facebook Live, too, because I'm trying madly to um, get make sure that we can uh, do Facebook Live, and I'm trying to do that at the same time as I'm doing um, my, my uh, you know, show and all that stuff, so I'm trying to click stuff on one side while Trying to pay attention to show the other, but we've got a lot of stuff coming out on the on the. Uh, so we'll we'll try and go live right now in, in just a few minutes on Facebook. <laughs> as soon as I figure out which button to push, um, and let's just move on. See if I can move through. Let me just jump in and go live. Will it? Man, it's too complicated to try and do by himself. <laughs> oh gosh, I technology and trying to do more than one thing at once by yourself and try and get one thing working. And I thought I had it set up to work, and it was just in test mode, unfortunately. And those of you waiting for Facebook to come up, um, we will try and. Uh, see if we can get that going. Don't want to create an event. I just want to go live, damn it. Connected to video source. I won't let me complete the details here. I want to start a screen share. Oh, the wonders of, of technology. While we're doing all that, I'm going to remind folks, we are a call-in show. Looks like we already have somebody on hold to talk to. So I am going to just bring that person on live. Hi, this is Jay Bozovich. <laughs> Who do I have on the so, line? Uh, do you miss me yet? <laughs> yes, I miss you. 
<laughs> I cannot get Facebook Live to come up. It kind of got me stuck. Now, it, it takes two programs to do it the way we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm doing it now. So I believe I'm live, and you've got the Bose Nose Show. So some of you that are turning, tuning in on the KRBN Internet News Talk Radio Facebook page, I am now live. <laughs> so hopefully that's working. At least that's what it says it is. We got so much to talk about today, Rob, and I'm glad you called in. <laughs> just All right, Things to work. Um, are, are you going to be able to uh, make it back to the studio before the show's over, or are you still stranded in, in car repair land? I'm still stranded. We um, had a coil that decided to uh, put out smoke signals and <laughs> ordered one, and the Apparently they didn't have one in stock, but didn't bother to tell the uh, the shop, and so they found another one and um, going by pony to go get it. Ah, okay. So I'll, just, I'll just sit back and put put the show into your capable hands. So you're just gonna listen on your phone then. Well, I'm going right, to check well, out that Facebook uh, live thing that you just set up and see if it works. Yeah, see if that works. Give me, you know, give me a jangle or, or hit your hand raise button again um, to, you know, toggle yourself down or something. I'm going to stick to you on um, listen here, and uh, I'm going to go back to the, the regularly scheduled program, which I haven't even talked about what I'm going to talk about today, so... We'll get there. So thank you, Rob, for, for calling in and getting me straight, and let me know if that Facebook Live is not working. Will do. So we are a call-in show, which I remind folks of every week, 646-721-9887, and press 1 because I'm going to really need your help today so that little hand icon goes up, and I know you want to talk, because people do call in just to listen. Again, 646 646- 721-9887. Don't forget to press 1 so the incompetent amateur that's running the boards and trying to do a live broadcast all at the same time can, can see that you actually have a question or a comment or just want to change the topic on the show. But we've got so much to talk about today. Um, we have KR, KPNW this morning uh, broke a news story about uh, Commissioner Joe Burney, a candidate for Commissioner Don Leslie, and the Lane County Tribune news site uh, possibly violating campaign finance law. We've got, um, you know, COVID and Omicron surge is getting passed, and, you know, will the mask mandates be lifted or not lifted? You know, and we just heard this morning that the hospital um, – which they never really did announce that there was any sort of, uh, you know, measurements or anything that were going to be tripwires for one way to do the masking thing. But apparently hospitalizations getting below 400 was some kind of tripwire for the state because now they're predicting that to happen by the 15th, not the 31st of March. So that that was one of the things that, you know, one of the, one of the secret, <laughs> one of the, the, the the top secret super probationary, you know, things they're keeping track of out there. Um, so we'll talk a little bit COVID stuff maybe. And 
we might talk about Washington State Legislature because those guys really don't like us down here, I guess, in Oregon. And um, they're going to punish us for the fact that we don't have any refineries in the state of Oregon and tax the fuel crossing the border in pipelines to Oregon at six cents a gallon. So, you know that already, you know, the, 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 the Brandon uh, gas prices and diesel prices you're paying at the pump, another six cents a gallon tax at the wholesale level. Can you imagine what that'll be like by the time it hits the retail pump? Probably another 10 cents increase in prices. Um, <laughs> just seems to work out that way. <laughs> um, you know, that, that's something going on up in Washington state. And then in our own legislature, we've got a couple bills that are really kind of messing around with public safety. We got Senate Bill 1568, which is basically um, to try and pull the, the governor's irons out of the fire, where she's getting sued over some of her um, commutations and, and releases from prison during COVID, and also the juveniles more recently. Uh, adults that are, you know, were juveniles at the time they were convicted. Um, and it will create an unelected, unaccountable board that's going to review people for uh, early release from prison sentences into our communities. That board's going to be appointed solely by the governor with no Senate um confirmations or anything so there's no you know it's just purely going to be the governor that appoints people as board and it's not going to be required to take victim statements sound familiar so uh, i just got a note from robin saying that facebook live is working <laughs> hey your commissioner can actually work facebook so i'll have to remember to turn it off when i'm done <laughs> so you know, all sorts of target-rich environment today. You know, like I said, again, anything you want to talk about. You don't want to talk about campaign finance violations. You don't want to talk about gas taxes. You don't want to talk about COVID. Or you don't want to talk about public safety. Something completely different on your mind. 646-721-9887. Just press 1. That will put a little hand up on the board there that I'm trying to keep an eye on at the same time I'm trying to do the show. And uh, I'll try and pull you up, and we'll have a conversation. So I want to go to this story that kind of broke this morning. I was, you know, listening to the news as, as I'm drinking my morning cup of coffee and trying to feed the cat and let dogs in and out and all that good stuff that you do when your alarm goes off at 6 in the morning. And Bill London comes on doing the morning news, and there's a story about uh, former Commissioner Steve Kornakia who was the Springfield commissioner for about a dozen years, um, a couple commissioners back, uh, filed a complaint about um, the Joe Bernie, you know, very specifically about the Joe Bernie campaign and the Don Leslie campaign benefiting from uh, advertising being purchased by the Lane County Tribune Facebook page. And there's been no... Um, reporting by any of the three entities of these financial transactions. Now, this is a little esoteric, but in Oregon, you know, 
we don't have any limits on how much you can contribute to a campaign. There's, and you can do independent expenditures outside of a campaign. All of that stuff is legal. But the one thing that's illegal in Oregon is to not report those expenditures, contributions, transactions when it relates to political campaigns or to be reg not registered as a political action committee. So, you know, you start spending money in the political realms, you really have to fill out some paperwork with the state, and you have to start reporting stuff, and there's, you have to do it within a certain number of days. Uh, depending on what time of year, the closer to a, the, the actual election date gets, the shorter those reporting periods become, because they want people to be able to look and see who's paying for that ad that, that you know, the state rep candidates running. Who's paying for that, you know, that governor's candidate's, you know, TV spots, you know, that sort of thing, you know. And if there's a, quote, independent expenditure committee, who's contributing to that committee? What's the money behind that committee? All of that has to be reported in Oregon. So the issue with this particular thing is no one's reported any transactions yet uh, according to the press release from and, and the report this morning on KRBN, approximately $700 has been spent on Facebook advertising by the Lane County Tribune page, which is you know, supposedly a news and media page, not a political page, ads that were directly for Joe Bernie and Don Leslie. Yet they haven't reported the transactions, and the Joe Bernie and Don Leslie campaigns haven't reported any contributions in kind or anything from the Lane County Tribune page, which is run by somebody named Edward Goering or something like that. Goering, kind of an unfortunate name for somebody involved in doing you know, social media and um, – <laughs> basically propaganda, uh, but, you know, sorry, I digress. Um, but, you know, apparently this gentleman also works for the Joe Bernie campaign. Um, at least that's, you know, what's understood through Mr. Pornaki's complaint. Um, and uh, a lot of the posts that Lane County Tribune is putting up or being put up at the exact same time by the Joe Bernie or Springfield Commissioner Facebook page. So there's obviously some coordination between the two um, Facebook pages, which kind of raises the question, is it really a news site or is it a political site? And does Facebook know it's a political site? Because you know, if you're doing politics on Facebook, you've got to fill out a whole bunch of extra information before they'll let you buy an ad. Whereas if you're a news site, maybe that's not quite so, so different. And what's interesting is it seems that this Lane County Tribune is really just a kind of a mouthpiece for um, the Democrats in the commissioner's races because it seems to be definitely running – anti-articles um, against all their opponents and pro-articles on the Democrats that are running. And uh, 
I have heard through other sources of people that have posted comments on some of those articles only to have their comments deleted if they disagreed with the article bashing a um, non-Democrat candidate for county commissioner. Now, if you're a news site, and as being a news site, you're, you feel you're protected by the First Amendment, how are you censoring comments? Does that fit Facebook's standards for news sites to have comments censored that aren't, you know, aren't derogatory, you know, don't bully, don't have bad words, whatever, you know, they're very polite comments, they just disagree. Sure sounds like you're into censorship and, and if you shouldn't be asking for any First Amendment protections then. But, you know, I, this Lane County Tribune Facebook page is really a suspect news site. And if you're one of those folks out there that has posted a comment to that page and had it deleted, um, you know, please, you know, try and, you know, save your, your comment or something like that, take a screenshot of it and report it to Facebook that your comment was deleted um, for no, you know, with no explanation really. So I, I, I would, you know, I would recommend that because it, it just truly seems like um, there's some real issues there, that that site just doesn't seem to really be a news site, that the guy running it who um, in other places talks about being a social media expert and having worked for other campaigns, running social media for other campaigns, seems to be kind of using this site as a tool for several campaigns. Yet doesn't seem to be, you know, reporting the expenses for those candidates. And then the real question is, is, is he personally paying that $700 for all those ads, or did somebody give him $700 for those ads, which means he needs to report that transaction to somebody giving him the money, according to Oregon campaign finance laws. Now, I truly believe in the transparency of those campaign finance laws. I've had to work under them multiple campaigns. They're pain in the butt for the candidate committee, but they're really important. It gives everybody transparency. Anybody can go on the Secretary of State's website and search those transactions. You know, search for a committee. You know, you can search by the candidate's name or you know, even partial names. Uh, you know, contains type thing. Um, you can search it by the election, by the, by the uh, position, whatever, and find, it, find a, a, whatever pack you want, and then you can look through every transaction they've ever had online. It's a great system, but the system depends on honesty reporting. And if you're not honestly reporting, then there's actually penalties for not doing so. So I hope that um, the folks at Lane County Tribune come clean and that the Bernie and uh, Leslie campaigns also come clean and everybody 
reports things accurately. It may have been just an oversight. That's usually what they say when they get caught at this. So, oh, we just didn't realize we had to report that. Well, now they, they're on notice officially. Uh, so is the Secretary of State's office, apparently, according to the news report. And hopefully this all gets straightened out. But, you know, it follows a pattern. And I don't know if you remember something else that KRP and, uh, KPNW had on their, their Facebook page a while back, but they had an op-ed called, you know, that was titled Smell Test. And, I, and that kind of, that op-ed kind of walked you through the whole issue about the redistricting and 3-2 vote for the new districts. And the fact that there was a paid political consultant on the redistricting committee, as well as union leadership that had contributed to both Heather Buck and Joe Bernie's campaign, and the paid political consultant, you know, was paid out of both those campaigns. So there are lots of people on that, quote, independent redistricting committee that seem to have pretty strong ties to both Commissioner Joe Bernie and Commissioner Heather Buck. But to, to complicate matters even more, there was an attempt to fire our current county council. You know, our, our chief legal person at the county by Heather Buck and the progressive folks. They kind of botched the whole thing, bolted the heck out of uh, the county council in doing so and also made a lot of county staff very angry um, because he, he's really an excellent county council and what they said about him publicly was not deserved and ended up having to kind of buy him back to, to stay for another year while they try and search for another new county council because there's a real shortage of attorneys at that level of experience that can manage a county council's office in a county the size of Lane County. <laughs> You're basically running the law firm as our county council. At the same time, this guy actually acted as two people because he also litigated cases. And, and so we ended up having to, to sign a new one-year contract extension, and it's a termination contract. His employment will terminate at the end of the one year. But they tried to hide that. And also in that contract extension, they tried to hide to buy, you know, what the, the, the premium they had to pay for insulting him and doing what they did. They hid a $35,000 bonus basically in there as a vehicle stipend for a year, 35000 for one year of a vehicle. And another 45 if he stays the full year or something. Basically, it cost the county an extra $200,000 because we also had to bring in outside counsel that cost the county about $16,000. Because once we were negotiating with our own county counsel, he couldn't represent the board. We had to have an outside counsel come in at about $700 an hour. which was a follow-on to using executive session, closed-door meetings to decide on having a vaccine mandate for our employees. So it just seems 
transparency and doing things openly and publicly seems to be a not a, a very consistent value for some of these people. You know, Heather Buck, Joe Bernie, Don Leslie are all wrapped up in this. So as you think about who you're going to vote for for commissioner in May, remember who seems to be transparent and open and doing the business of the public publicly. And who's got paid political consultants and union leadership on independent redistricting committees? Who's trying to get rid of county councils? You know, why would you want to get rid of a, of a competent county council while you're, you know, doing other nefarious things? You know, and by the way, one of the ways that Heather Buck tried to make it sound like he was not competent was based on a complaint by, oh, yeah, that same paid political consultant. <laughs> uh, why would you hide? try to hide in consent calendar the new contract for the county council? Why would you hide under vehicle stipend the premium you're paying? Why aren't you showing your, your true advertising budget instead of having some Lane County Tribune do advertising for your campaigns and not reporting it? Open transparent government. Oregon state law requires it. Oregon campaign finance law requires it. You should require it. You run into some of these candidates on the road, ask them about it. And we didn't even talk about voting for raises. Which all three of those voted for raising commissioner salaries? even though total compensation for commissioners above $100,000 a year. We need a raise. Can't get enough patrol officers out there. We need a raise. I voted against it, by the way. So enough about campaign finance stuff. We'll move on on the Bo's No Show. But I'll remind you one more time, we are a call-in show, 646 7219887 7219887 just press 1 so i can see your little hand go up on my board that i'm trying to keep an eye on and i'll get you in on the show again 6467219887 and um we will uh get you on the show and talk about what you want to talk about if not we're going to talk a little bit about Washington state some more and the gas bill it's an interesting thing, you know, Oregon doesn't have any refineries, partly because we don't have a significant amount of deep water ports close to the Pacific Ocean where there's a fair amount of oil coming in, because there's not a lot of oil production wells on the West Coast, unlike Texas and Louisiana and some other states that have refineries where they're actually refining oil from that state. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, but, you know, geologic and all that stuff, 
we just don't have the, the production here on the West Coast. So we get most of the oil, crude oil in by tanker, and then it gets refined in either California or up north of Seattle. Those are the major refineries on the West Coast that feed the West Coast um, needs for gasoline and diesel. So based on that, most of the pipelines that leave those refineries, you know, export from Washington State to other states like Oregon and Idaho. As they cross the boundaries, the Washington State Legislature is now wanting to tax every gallon of fuel that goes through those pipelines at six cents a gallon. It's going to generate billions of dollars for the Washington State road system is what they're supposedly going to spend it on. We all, and, and climate initiatives. Roads and climate is what it's going to be spent on, which Lord knows what they'll do with that in the Washington State Legislature. But it kind of leads to an interesting question. Is that an interference in interstate commerce? You know, is, is that, you know, could Oregon then turn around and say, you know what? Every gallon of beer we export and wine uh, we export out of Oregon is going to have a tax on it. Every pound of hazelnuts, you know. I don't know what else we were a net exporter of in, in Oregon. You know, there's plenty you know, of other things, but you know, you imagine if every state starts, you know, taxing whatever commodity they're a net exporter of. So it'll be interesting to see if this gets through the the constitutional issue of interstate commerce, which is the one place the U.S. government has authority to regulate, to make regular, actually, is, is, is you know, what the Commerce Clause is really all about, versus you know, inside the state, state legislatures can do whatever they want. You know, we're allowed the tax, you know, do sales tax because that's commerce happening inside our state. We're allowed to do income tax because that's a, something happening inside our state. Property tax, you know, whatever it is that, that legislators do, fees, everything else, it's usually dealing with something inside the state, not something being exported from the state. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see if it raises a few issues around the constitutionality of an export tax. Mind you, it's just moving through the legislature right now. It actually hasn't gotten out, but seeing there's a bill on both in both houses, both the state and the Senate, it could actually go through. Just never know. Um, and uh, we will um, find out whether it does, but if it does, it's just one more way um, your gasoline's being inflated here in Oregon. Um, if it's not by um, actual taxation, it's by, you know, um, various climate initiatives that are starting to push um, pricing. It's, uh, you know, all sorts of issues. It's issues of national policy that are pushing them up. 
and just generalized inflation from, by the way, national policies of spending way more than you take in. The funny thing, when you print money, it tends to make it worth less, and the things you buy cost more. You think we might have learned that lesson in Washington, D.C. after a while, but what was the inflation rate year to year? 7.5% the last time, a 40-year high. Now we're going to add $0.06 cents a gallon to your fill-ups at the, at the pump because Washington State wants to have a couple billion dollars to spend on who knows what. If every state starts doing stuff like that, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's one of my arguments against community benefits agreements. I'm going to take a sidebar here because you'll hear this touted, particularly by Commissioner Joe Bernie and some other people, is something called community benefits agreements, which the concept is, is you give priority to local businesses and you do all these things. But what it really comes down to is it's a um, prevailing wage union benefiting bill, you know, type arrangement on steroids because that's what it's meant to do is to try and make only union shops be able to bid on projects. But it also has this concept that everything's got to be bought locally. Well, you know, one of the things that's made our economy so strong is our ability to have an international economy where you can have customers from across the globe for whatever product you produce locally. Well, if we start looking inward all the time, whether it's a export tax for gasoline in Washington State or community benefits um, bidding uh, system here in Lane County, what you're doing is you're shrinking that economy down smaller and smaller. Now, once upon a time, economies were that way because you couldn't move goods more than so many miles by wagon or horseback in a single day. And there was no refrigeration for perishable goods. So, you know, the market for the local blacksmith was basically a 20-mile radius around wherever his, his shop was, wherever the smithy was, because that's about as far as somebody could go in a day on horseback. Now, today, with modern, you know, transportation and logistics and all that stuff, somebody that's producing metal goods can sell them clear across the globe to somebody. And that person purchasing there might buy them from that person that's clear across the globe, or he might buy them from somebody next door based on who can get it to them at the cheapest price. It's called free market competition. And as long as you have quality requirements in a contract, it's not a race to the bottom. There's no race to the bottom if I buy, if I have an electrical contractor maybe that comes in from Lake Oswego to do a job and underbids the local electrical contractor here in Lane County, just as the local electrical contractor here in Lane County might bid a job in Lake Oswego and hope to get that underbid the Lake Oswego electrical contractors. 
as soon as you start contracting economies into fiefdoms and regionalizing them, and, you know, this is exactly what started the Great Depression, by the way, was protectionism and trying to say, oh, everything's got to be local. You restrict your market size. You restrict your ability to, to you know, enlarge the amount you can produce. You also raise prices artificially because now there's less competition, so prices will naturally rise. And you get less. So when you think community benefits agreement, Think of taxpayers getting less for their money in public contracting. Because I don't care how you look at it, it increases the cost of a project that a government is bidding if they use that system of bidding. So as I look at the Washington State Legislature trying to, you know, balkanize their economy by starting export taxes, which means they're probably going to be retaliated by Idaho and Oregon doing some kind of export tax to them. I'm sure if either that or, you know, we'll start seeing one-way tolling on the uh, I-5-295 bridges into Oregon. <laughs> yeah. What's fair is fair. Uh, so they want to come into Oregon to buy their stuff without a sales tax from Vancouver. They might just have to pay five dollars for the for the you know privilege of coming over that I five and I two ninety five bridge two o five sorry bridge my east coast is coming back to me um, so it just it's just bad policy we should never be trying to balkanize. At the same time, we should always be trying to maximize the taxpayer's buying power. Because any contract we're doing as a public agency is spending taxpayer money. And if it's building affordable housing, we should be getting the most units we can for the taxpayer's money. If it's buying a service, we should be getting the most of that service for the taxpayer's money. And if it means somebody from outside the community is competing for that or suppliers coming from outside the community, so be it. Because I'm hoping that Hamilton Construction that builds highway bridges can still bid on jobs outside of Lane County. If every agency starts going that way, they're not going to be able to bid, and there's not enough bridges being built in Lane County to support the number of people that Hamilton employs. And they pay damn good wages. Wildish construction does a lot of highway work outside of Lane County. Builders Electric works outside of Lane County. I can go down the list. Chambers Construction, all sorts of really good high-wage paying employers work outside of Lane County on public projects. We start balkanizing Lane County with community benefits agreements, and we will hurt our economy. And we will cost the taxpayers money, and they'll get less for what they're being taxed, which will put pressure on raising taxes, like a six cents per gallon export tax. Ah, deep breath. Gets me a little excited. 
646-721-9887 is the number here. Because anytime you want to call in, change the topic on the show, I'm happy to do so. Because this is a call-in show because it's your opportunity to talk to an elected official directly. Ask me a question while the whole world on the Internet is listening and it's being preserved forever as a podcast. So whatever answer I give you is, is you know, available to the world. How transparent can that be? Your opportunity to do that is just a phone call away, 646-721-9887, or if you just want to change the conversation. Don't forget to press 1 because that puts that little hand up on my my board, and I know you're not just calling in to listen. I'll try and get right to you. So a couple other topics I had I want to talk about, and, and you know, one of them, I, again, is this whole COVID thing. And one of the things that I've been pushing for and a lot of people have been pushing for, and it seems like OHA and the governor are absolutely refusing to do so, is what are the metrics that you need us to reach to stop some of the mandates? to lift some of the mandates. When are we going to have the metric? What metrics do you want to see to maybe start calling this an endemic instead of a pandemic? When is the emergency going to end? What are the metrics to ending the emergency? We are not getting any of that, which would be scientific, by the way. Everyone keeps saying, follow the science. There should be some level of community spread. So many new cases per week per 100,000 population, you know, that we're, you know, we're seeing, or, you know, some hospitalization rate, which, by the way, it seems like there must have been a metric about hospitalization because OHA announced today that, that we were going to probably actually drop below the metric for the mask mandate and for school kids to be lifted because we're going to be below 400 beds being utilized for COVID patients, which, by the way, we know about 20% of those are actually patients that came to the hospital for some other reason, and while they were there, they got a COVID test because it's mandatory, and they tested positive. They weren't there for COVID, but they're, you know, were now hospitalized with COVID. But that's going to drop below 400 beds utilized across the state, they think, by March 15th, which they thought was going to be March 31st. That's why they put that deadline for the math. And they need to be listed out there. So there's some talk about it might be moved up. Um, but again, they never mentioned that metric. And when asked about metrics, they never you know, refused to give us any. Speaking of transparency, this is what really bothers me. It's, it's so, has so little lack of transparency that that's why the public is starting to not trust this whole thing. You know, I've been one of the people that has fought against some of the folks that wanted to say that, that COVID wasn't a serious disease, that things were being overblown and, and, and you know, it's all, a, you know, fake and everything. It's not. But when you won't release the metrics that will, you know, relieve some of the mandates or change, you know, the position of the government, that leads to the distrust that makes those people believe it is still all fake thing. I mean, it's obvious 2020 we had excess deaths in the state of Oregon by about 2,000. It's easily provable. 
and at, without any consideration of whether they were called COVID deaths or not. But you can look at the prior 20 years, look at the average death rate per 100,000 residents in Oregon, and 2020 stands out. And if you do the math based on the population, it's about 2,000 additional deaths in that year with no other explanation than the COVID pandemic. It's a serious disease. But the lack of, of trusting the public with announcing what your metrics are, OHA and Governor Karen Brown, is causing the distrust. It's feeding the fires of that. Give us some metrics. Tell us what it's going to take so we know what we're working towards. We kind of stopped doing that last spring, and everything just kind of became a whim, particularly with the surge around uh, Delta. When you reinstitute all, it seems like since then, it's, it, the use of metrics has just kind of gone out the window. That's really all I'm asking for. Use a few metrics. and understand some things, release some data that's meaningful. Some data I would really like to see, school-age children, hospitalizations, and deaths. Let's really understand that this is a disease of the elderly and people with pre-existing conditions. All right, so my COVID moment for this hour of the Bozo Show. Brought to you by, oh <laughs> uh, no, we won't go there. So as we uh, move on to some different topics, I need to get on to some public safety stuff. And I, I just have to say, I, I've, I've had the opportunity to, to meet with some people recently that are supporters of local law enforcement. And um, I'm not going to talk about their group's name yet because I don't know if they're ready for me to make them public and everything else. Um, but um, they've been quietly supporting law enforcement, local law enforcement folks for the last several years. Um, and they're doing so with you know, gift bags and other things and recognition. They also have been having some um, dinner events where they get local law enforcement officers to, to, to speak realistically about what it's like to be in law enforcement today and throughout their career. And I got a chance to go to their I've Got Your Sixth Dinner last Friday night and listening to four different um, local law enforcement officers with their spouses talk about that. And it, it just is one, you know, you, you begin to realize these folks are exposed to as much, if not more, sometimes than war veterans get exposed to as far as trauma and, and, and issues like that. Um, just horrible amount of trauma they're exposed to. And then the lack of respect they get shown. And then this whole movement around um, 
all cops are bastards and defund the police and everything else on top of it. And then you wonder why they're retiring in droves and we can't hire any new local law enforcement. And it, it, the people that want to be in law enforcement are going there. That has to change. And part of the change in that is we have to start thinking about those folks like we think about our military veterans. Most people, I don't care what your political strike is nowadays, will see somebody wearing a you know, Korean War vet hat or a Vietnam War vet hat or you know, whatever it is, and they will walk up to that person and say, thank you for your service. Now, there was a time, you know, in the, in the early to mid-70s, even in the late 60s, where a lot of folks, you know, in the military and coming out of the military were called baby killers. They were being spit on, you know, murderers, you name it, you know, with the Vietnam War going on. And for a long time, a lot of those folks weren't recognized. We also brought people home from World War II with no parades, no real welcomes and all that. We just ushered them out of the service and turned them loose as civilians because we didn't understand PTSD and stuff in those days. Um, And we finally kind of came around. It took years to some extent for people to realize military service is a difficult thing. And we should be thanking those people that, that put their life on the line to protect our country and our way of life. Local law enforcement are no different. Every day they walk out through the door of their family's home, their family knows that person might not come back. And it's so important to have local law enforcement, your city police, your county sheriffs, even your state police versus a national police force. Places with national police forces aren't really great places to live. And usually the elimination of local law enforcement and conversion to a national police force is the first sign that you're going to have some kind of dictatorship or horrible, awful government. So local law enforcement is so critical, so important. These folks really need to be supported. And unfortunately, there's a lot of things that are going on that don't support them. Major attempt last legislative session to um, get rid of qualified immunity for police officers. Now, mind you, qualified immunity does not protect the police officer that has broken the law. So if they've actually committed a crime or violated somebody's rights, even civil rights, under the U.S. Constitution, it doesn't protect them. They still would have to pay damages or go to jail. What qualified immunity protects a police officer is if they follow the agency's rules and the commands of their superiors to, you know, as reasonably, and something happens in the field because they were following those rules and all that, the agency is the one that, that pays for the attorneys and all that if somebody sues. And and they won't necessarily, you know, 
be guilty of any sort of criminal activity because they are doing their job in accordance with the policies and all that stuff. It's just, you know, kind of make sure that their their home that they've, you know, paid off partly or at least put a significant 20% down payment on and their kids' college funds aren't going to be grabbed up at any point for just doing their job in accordance with the rules without breaking any laws. And that's all it's about. But fortunately, that's not what the legislature is going on about this time. You know, their, their current insults to the public safety folks are, one, they've got this Senate Bill 1568, which is going to put unelected, unaccountable people releasing criminals back into our communities that these local law enforcement officers put their lives on the line to put them behind the bars. And that board of people doing so are going to be appointed directly by the governor with no oversight. And they're not going to be required to take victim statements of doing so. But that makes a lot of those local law enforcement officers feel safe knowing that some of the folks they put away are going to get released back into their communities where they serve their time. And on top of that, there's that Senate Bill 1510 that we've talked about on the Bose Notes show before. The one that says a law enforcement officer like your county sheriff deputy or your local police in, in the city of Springfield, say, can't pull somebody over because they've got a light out on their vehicle. Headlight, taillight, doesn't matter. That is going to be considered an illegal stop unless they're, you know, the only way you can be cited for that is if you get pulled over for something else, and then, then they notice that. Like if they radar you going 20 miles an hour over the speed limit, and then they notice a light out. They can't pull you just because of light. Mind you, Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber, was caught because he had a taillight out on his vehicle. He was pulled over for a taillight violation. The exact same thing our legislature wants to make illegal because somehow or another it's racist. Because in Oregon, when most people have their lights on, which is usually in the rain or in the dark, you can tell the race of the person driving the vehicle. I'm sorry. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I assume that, that that's Robin back on the line there listening because I think I recognize the phone number. Uh, if it isn't and you want to get in on the show, whoever that is on the board up there, don't forget to press one so your little hand goes up. Um, but, you know, we've got just about five minutes left in the Bose Snow Show here, so you do have time to get in. Six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven, and I just saw the hand go up, so we will bring that person on. Well, so, uh, do, you, do you miss me yet? Yes, it is. <laughs> who is who's on the line? This is Robin. <laughs> yeah, hi, Robin. <laughs> I didn't recognize your voice there. <laughs> 
So is your car out of the shop? Did they find a new coil for it? Yeah, they found a new coil and another module went, so it's spending the night here at work. Oh, God. I'm sorry, Robin. <laughs> Do you need rescue? <laughs> no, nah, my sister's coming to get me. Okay, good. All right. So how'd we do? Well, I think we're doing pretty good. I, I've only got three minutes left in the show, and I haven't absolutely messed things up, although the start of the show was a little shaky, you know, as I was trying to get Facebook Live to come up. But uh, we're actually almost done with the show now. I've actually gotten through the topics I wanted to get through. And, uh, you know, amateur-run radio, you know, at its finest, this is, this is even below a student-run. I wouldn't even call it student-run radio because uh, me on the board and, and running the show and trying to get Facebook Live up, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, uh, did you talk about your event coming up Saturday? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I need to plug that real quick before the end of the show. So Saturday at the uh, Raven uh, Grill in Junction City, and I'm going to probably have to pull this up so I can find it. Um, I am going to probably be in Junction City also with um, Ryan Senegal. He is having a campaign kickoff. Uh, and it is from at 11 o'clock, um, Raven Grill House. That's at 160 West 6th Avenue in Junction City. And that's the the downtown part of Junction City, if you're coming up, you know, 99, which is Ivy Street, you turn right on 6th there, um, and uh, you'll, you'll, Raven's on the left, a couple blocks down. Um, Ryan's going to have his kickoff for his campaign, his official kickoff, um, so 11 o'clock, uh, come on, come all, uh, you know, you can use your support, and might give you a chance to meet Ryan, get to talk to him for a few minutes. Uh, you know, if you haven't quite settled on, on who you're voting for, for Lane County Commissioner, um, I suggest you come. Uh, Ryan's somebody I personally asked to run for the position knowing I was going to retire. So um, he's a good, good guy, really connected to the community. So I'm going to Anything else I forgot today, Robin? <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. Um, Steph will be back next week with hopefully everything working like it's supposed to. Yep, and um, yeah, we'll have we'll have more to talk about, I'm sure, as we see the COVID numbers dropping. The legislature is still in session, so I'm sure that's going to add a bunch. And the Washington State Legislature, we'll see whether they move ahead with the gas, the export tax. Um, We'll see what happens, you know, uh, with this whole um, Joe Bernie, Don Leslie, Lane County Tribune campaign finance um, complaint, whether that goes anywhere, whether they, you know, fess up and, and report it. We'll see what, what they have to say about it. They, I haven't heard any response from either campaign or the Lane County Tribune about it. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. So we'll be back next week with another edition of the Bo's Nose Show, 4 o'clock Pacific on Wednesday, coming to you live from beautiful downtown Elmira, 